following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It's time to slide into our number three on this Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, more NFL draft conversation on the eve of the first round, which happens tomorrow night. And don't forget to join me with Herman Moore, Devin Gardner. I think Calvin Johnson will be on video with Lomas Brown, Roy Williams, and more. From the Ascend Sportsbook and Nightclub inside the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I'll be broadcasting live there tomorrow, 3 until 6. And I'll be emceeing on stage our round one draft preview show inside Ascend with Herman and Devin Gardner and others. That's from 7 until 8 p.m., $2 drafts. And also half-off wings, prize giveaways. You can put action on the first round and all the games. That's tomorrow beginning at 7 p.m. at the Ascend Sportsbook and Nightclub inside the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Now, if you have a draft or NFL comment, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line. That's 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Let's go talk about the draft. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider joining us. Uh, I love all these stories out there right now. Uh, This guy tested bad. Will Levis now all of a sudden is the hottest quarterback. Uh, What's real? What's smoke? Uh, What's other teams throwing stuff out to NFL bloggers, insiders, trying to create a smoke screen? Uh, What do you think is going on? When you you look at draft week now, because it really kicks in, uh, how do you break down everything you're reading, seeing, and what's popping up on your social networks? I, I think at this point we're well beyond the point where I'm I'm just not believing anything I hear this week. I think it's always important to look back at, at the previous years and, and what you're hearing in that week lead up to the draft. And if you remember, uh, the 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 whole the whole world seemed to be convinced that the Lions were falling in love with Kayvon Thibodeau last year. Uh, even on draft night, it seemed like that was what the pick was going to be. If, if I remember correctly, that was the the odds-on favorite as well. And then, of course, lines go Aiden Hutchinson on that night. So I think it's it's all smoke and mirrors this week. There, there was obviously a lot of um, things that I think we learned in, in the previous weeks. I, I do believe, like, the Bryce Young going first overall, but I am not believing at all of this, this Will Levis stuff. And I honestly, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen beyond that first pick. I think a lot of that remains very unknown. And really what you're hearing from NFL GMs and scouts alike, are, are, they're saying the same things. Like, there is just a lot of unknowns right now. And so... Uh, at this point, I think you just kind of got to ride what you know about yourself, what you know about your own uh, views on some of these draft guys, but uh, don't believe anything pretty much you hear this week. Well, I look at what I hear, and I, I do get a little concerned that Lions do not need a quarterback at six. They're not in any project situation unless you get deeper into the round, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, if you go that deep. They're in the win-now mode, and Rodgers officially being traded even expedites that window opening 
It's open now. Lions need to win. They need two starters. Uh, pick six and 18, whether they trade up, down, whatever it is, they need two quality starters out of that first round. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. But uh, I, I also think like Brad Holmes is probably not thinking too much about guys competing this year to – in, in, in terms of the rookies, I, I'm not sure they're, they're going to be that focused because, in general, when you're talking about drafting, you're talking about these guys hitting their prime two, three years down the line. And so if you're really a, a good, solid football team, I'm not sure you're really expecting those rookies to come in and make a difference from being you know, a, a playoff contender to a championship contender. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a little bit more of a long-term approach. Now, I'm with you that I don't think they're going to take – a quarterback this year, but if they're going to, they could very realistically take a guy. It's like, okay, you're not going to start this year. You're going to kind of have a rotational role. Uh, and then maybe next year you're our starter. And so that's why I think like a position like cornerback, they obviously hit the cornerback position very hard. This, this free agency, you get Emmanuel Mosley, you get Cameron Sutton, you get CJ Gardner, Johnson. I could very much see them add another one at six or 18 this year. And that guy might not play a lot this year. That guy might just be kind of a sub-package guy, but he becomes the starter either next year or the year after that. Um, because Brad Holmes is looking to make this not just you know one deep run. We're not trying to make a, a, a Super Bowl run while this small NFC North window is open. They want to be a, a, a fixture at the top of that division. And when you the, the best way to do that really is to kind of keep a long-term approach in mind. And so... I wouldn't be surprised if, if one or maybe even both of those first-round picks don't start the year as, as a starter. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit Lions NFL insider, joining us on the Rose Stumberg Coffee guest line talking about uh, the draft. Uh, who, what's the perfect first two picks for the Lions? That if it falls this way, they got these two guys, Jeremy, you're like, bingo. Uh, both picks are money. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm in love with Jalen Carter, the football player. And so if he's there at six, man, I, I, I don't think that the Lions are going to be in love with him as much as, as I like him a lot. I think I think there are legitimate concerns about his football character, not just his off-field stuff. I feel like there's a lot of people that think maybe he doesn't give it at all in practice, doesn't give it at all on the field. Um, I, I, I haven't quite seen that for myself, so it's hard for me to, to again, sift through what's true and what's not true. Um, but if, if he's there... He fits the team's biggest need. He's arguably the best talent, pure talent, in this entire draft class, let alone best defensive talent. And it also frees you up to maybe wait on that cornerback need. Um, someone like Deontay Banks at 18, to me, would pair extremely well with, with going Jalen Carter at six. And so I think that's my ideal six and 18 pick if, uh, if the Lions decide to stay there, if the Lions decide that Jalen Carter passes their, their football character test. I don't think you can do much better with those two picks. Now, obviously, if like someone like Will Anderson falls to six, more than happy go in that direction instead. Um, but to me, Jalen Carter is just, you really wish everything else checked, checked the boxes. Of course, if he did, he, he probably wouldn't fall to six in the first place. But um, the Lions are going to do their homework on him, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that they, uh, they come up seeing uh, Jalen Carter is worth the risk. I saw one of those CBSSports.com mock drafts. They had the Lions trading up to three to get Anthony Richardson. I just, I, I don't buy a rookie. There's no guarantee he's going to help you. I know Brock Purdy was a Disney movie with what he did with the Niners as the last player selected. But, you know, with Rodgers leaving, Jeremy, things have changed in my mind. 
you're right there with Minnesota as a team to beat. You went 5-1 and one in the Central last year. You have better talent right now, and you've got to grab two first-rounders, two second-rounders if you hold your picks. Uh, it, it's about win now. Uh, the window's open. Man, I, I, I don't I, – a rookie's not going to help you uh, at least until that second year in my mind when you can grab – if you're going to trade up to three, trade up and get Will Anderson, right? I think that would make a little bit more sense uh, than taking a risk on, on someone like Richardson. Now, I, I, he's a very fun player to watch, and he's a very intriguing guy. But there are far too many risks, and the Lions have said repeatedly that they don't feel forced to address that quarterback position this Good. year. Good. Um, if, if it falls to them, maybe that's a different situation. You know, if, if some situation where I don't know, CJ Stroud falls to them at six, I think they're going to consider it. But they keep saying, we're not going to force it. We like Jared Goff. We're going to look at quarterbacks, but we don't feel like we need to force that issue. And so trading up for such a polarizing guy like Anthony Richardson, who could really go either way. He's got a lot of really good things about him, but he's very much a project. And you never know. Quarterback evaluation is an incredibly hard job. And if I was any good at it, I'd I'd be in an NFL war room right now. So I, I would be very surprised if the Lions trade up to get a quarterback. Um, if Anthony Richardson is there at six, I still think they probably don't go that direction. Um, but listen, Brad Holmes is a is, is a, a is an aggressive guy. Um, we, we saw him trade up twenty spots last year. He almost traded up in his first draft. There, there was rumors that he wanted Jamar Chase. So if they really like Will Anderson, I would not put it past them to pay, potentially go up and, and grab that guy um, because that seems like maybe the safest pick of anyone in the top five. So um, if he likes him, the Lions have the draft capital, and, and you want to get a, a, a guy that can impact you now, I think Will Anderson would make a lot of sense. All right, speaking of impact, uh, we were all planning on a full season impact of the speed of Jamison Williams stretching opposing defenses and the deep ball or just the threat of it and catching a five-yard pass that turns into a 45-yard touchdown. We're not going to see that until Game 7 so with no Jamison, I was discussing this in my opening huge opinion today. Statewide, Jeremy. Who, who are the touchdown game breakers slash makers for the Lions offense right now? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, obviously, you got Amon around St. Brown. He wasn't necessarily a huge touchdown guy, and um, but he's, he's your probably main weapon um, there. But yeah, you're going to have to figure out who is kind of that big play machine. Is it... Um, you know, is it Josh Reynolds? Is it one of your, your tight ends? Maybe James Mitchell comes along this year. Is it David Montgomery? Uh, they obviously love the, the run game. Marvin Jones, you know, not so long ago was kind of a touchdown machine here. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they, they really need to. I, I think, you know, the minute that suspension laid down, I have to imagine Ben Johnson went to work and started looking at the pieces he got. My point, Jeremy, was with no Jameson for six games – uh, do you look at a wide receiver earlier than expected if you're Brad Holmes and Campbell? It, it's, a, it's a fair question to ask. Um, I do think wide receiver was already kind of a, a long-term need here because you don't have a lot of those guys saw, signed long-term outside of Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. And even St. Brown is going to be on the last year of his contract uh, next year. So um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a need. Again, I'm not sure how much this really changes everything because you are drafting more for the long term than the short term. I think drafting, knowing that you need someone in just these first six games of the season, 
is is maybe pushing a little too hard, is forcing the issue a little bit too much. But I do expect the Lions to add a wide receiver in this draft. I do think it is a long term need. And and if you get a little bonus, uh, you know, oomph in those first six games, then, then all the better. But I don't think the Lions are necessarily going to force the issue if they're if the right player isn't there just because they're going to miss Jameson for the first six games. Jeremy Rise from Proud of Detroit Lions NFL Insider joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, who's a surprise guy that could be there in one of the first two first round picks that a lot of people aren't talking about that hasn't been on a lot a lot of mock drafts, Jeremy? That you think could end up being a lion when the first round is done? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of unknowns in this draft, and, and it makes it really tough. Uh, really to predict, especially, I mean, even at six, I feel like there are a lot of different guys that could be there. I know some people are, are talking Peter Skaronsky, um to, to be maybe that, that first round pick at six. I'm, I'm not aboard with that. I, I think the Lions, if they're going to go offensive line, which I think is an underrated need, I think you have to wait until at least 18 to do that, to get the good value there. Some people like Osiris Torrance from Florida. Again, that feels a little bit early for, for a straight guard. Uh, a lot of people like Darnell Wright, um, a, an offensive tackle who did a really good job against Will Anderson out of Tennessee, but he can also kick into guard. So um, that's kind of a more pressing need for, for the Lions. I would say I Lions fans are going to like this, but I wouldn't mind the Lions going tight end at, at 18, and maybe it plays a little bit into that. You need that weapon, that extra weapon on your offense that, that they'll, they'll be lacking with Jameson. I, I think that they could stand to really upgrade that room. They were sniffing around the tight end position in free agency, according to some reports. So whether it's Michael Mayer, uh, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, I know is a, is a fan. Of, there's a lot of Lions fans that like him. He's maybe not so much the receiving type as a, as a run defender, but um, Michael Mayer, if, if he's there at 18, I think he could be a sneaky pick for the Lions there. Well, they need, you know, and you went uh, and mentioned Amara St. Brown, but he's a possession guy. I'm just looking at no Jamison, no DJ. Uh, I know Marvin Jones Jr. is there as a, you know, fourth receiver, but I I don't see the guy that can get away from somebody and be a touchdown maker. And I said it yesterday. I agree with you that I was no way. They don't need Mara. They got uh, Jamison, but since Jamison is gone now for six games. I, I also have said, you know what? Golf will need a bailout guy in the red zone. Don't want to keep settling for field goals. And Mayer was always, always uh, around the football at ND. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, like I, I still think this is a team that's going to focus a lot on the run game, and, and maybe maybe that helps kind of, especially in the red zone, right? That was something they were so good at last year with all the touchdowns that, that uh, Williams had. Um, so I think that's going to help a little bit. But, yeah, in terms of those big play players, I think it's fair to say that the Lions might not have that. And, obviously, a tight end is not necessarily going to fix that. But, um, yeah, I, I, and, and I, the problem is I don't think there's a this is necessarily a great draft to have that kind of home run threat really at any of your skill position players unless you want to talk B. John Robinson at 18, which is not something that I'm fully on board with. I don't think the uh, – the positional value is there with the first round pick, but um, given how much this team does like um, the run game, I, he would be an interesting guy uh, to, to pair with with the crew that they have so far. So I don't know what the solu- the short term solution I guess is to, to fill Jameson Williams' role. I don't think there's a lot of great options in this draft, but that being said, I do expect them to add an offensive weapon at some point in this draft. 
Yeah, for you even to pause and think, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know who their touchdown makers are. You don't want to sit there and settle for field goals. So it will be interesting. Uh, Jameson does set them back. I don't care anybody wants to be an apologist or defend them. Rules are rules. But not having that speed as a decoy and a big play weapon, I think, really hurts this team for six games. Yeah, I mean, no question. Obviously, the Lions managed to do pretty well without him last year, but they did MTJ Chark, who did kind of the same thing, right? Was a, a field stretcher, was a deep threat. May, may not have caught a ton of passes, but he was a guy that kept defenses legitimate, uh, keep, kept defenses at bay there. So the Lions don't. I mean, Marvin Jones isn't that guy. He, he can run deep, but he's not a, a speed guy. And, I mean, you get a little bit of that from, from I would say, Josh Reynolds, but not a ton of it. Cleef Raymond is also a guy that they actually started using that in that role a little bit towards the end of last season. So maybe they get a little bit from him, but obviously still a very different threat than someone like Jameson Williams. So they're going to have to figure some things out. Um, but the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, uh, did a pretty stellar job pretty much all of last season with or without Jameson Williams. So it's a setback. It's, it's certainly not helpful for, for the, the, the guys that, that are still on the team. But uh, I, I think I have a, a good amount of faith that Ben Johnson is going to be able to figure out ways to get the, the crew that he has uh, open and, uh, and get in the end zone, hopefully. Before I let you go, uh, no matter if they trade up, trade down, uh, your prediction on the two first-round names selected by the Lions. Yeah, I think I have to go. There's just there's so many distractions and so many theories about the Lions trading up or trading back. Sometimes I feel like the simplest answer is, is the right one, especially when you're this close to the draft. And, you know, Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, seems to be the, the, the favorite for that pick. And so I think that's where I'm going with that one, I feel like. Maybe some of the, the, the tougher choices are going to be gone by the time the Lions are there. Um, that does make the 18 pick a little bit tougher, though, because, again, I, I think the, the cornerback value at 18 is, is pretty good, but the Lions are just going to want someone like Devin Witherspoon, a, a physical corner who, you know, good in man, good in the run game, just has that gritty attitude that Dan Campbell loves. I feel like that's going to be too tempting for the Lions to pass up at six. And then, yeah, the options are kind of all over the place at 18, and, and part of me thinks maybe they go tight end. Part of me thinks maybe they go offensive tackle. Part of me, I, I, I know there's a lot of people, there seems to be a lot of people down on someone like Kaliza Kansi, uh, the, the defensive tackle out of pit, way undersized, gets all the Aaron Donald comparisons. But the Lions need a quick, fast guy who can, can bring a lot of pressure and can be disruptive in the run game. I know he's undersized and a lot of people think he, he gets mowed over and occasionally that's going to happen in the NFL, but he also is such a quick, twitchy guy that brings a lot of strength too, that I think he makes a lot of sense at, at 18. So I guess if I had to, if I had to guess, I'd throw, I'd throw Cantu there at 18 with Witherspoon at 6. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit Lions NFL blogger. Also look him up on Twitter. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you Friday after the draft and discuss what the Lions did in round one. Sounds good. All right, Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Look for Roast Umber uh, at your local retailer or order up that craft coffee or the Nitro Cold Brew in a can at RoastUmber.com. That's RoastUmber.com. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. In the den. 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Leadership is defined in part as a person who guides or directs a group. With so many young players, the Tigers desperately need someone to step forward. At a recent trip to Baltimore, I noticed veteran pitcher Michael Lorenzen talking with Tigers young players about baseball, the challenge of staying focused, and life after baseball. And it wasn't just young pitchers either, by the way. Every night, you can see some young pitchers picking the brains of Eduardo Rodriguez and Matthew Boyd to get better. It's showing because the strength of this team early on has been its pitching. It's a really good example of why so many teams, no matter the sport, strive for a balance of veterans and young players, especially in baseball, because there's such a large learning curve at the big league level. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Godsmack, live and in your face. Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino, plus Bad Wolves. And same show, same night, Bullet for My Valentine. Tickets start at $28 on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Godsmack, May 26th, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. For a lot of us, music and mental health are intertwined. That's why the Collaborative Lab created Intune, a free live stream event, and you're invited. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day, so take action for your own mental health by joining us from 7 to 9 p.m. Musical performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cese, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to learn how you can join the party for free. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute, Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We'll check in with Dan Miller, TV guy in Detroit, talented play-by-play voice of your Detroit Lions. Uh, He's standing by. Actually, I think it was Dan's tweet on Friday morning around 11.35, 11.40 that I saw, and I said, "Uh uh-oh. And then we began uh, telling everybody the story. And uh, Dan, from the first time you heard it to where we are today, uh, impact on the Lions and this upcoming season, what's your gut? Well, it's, it's an impact, obviously, because one of the guys that you're counting on uh, to be a significant part of this franchise isn't going to be around for six weeks. And, you know, you were hoping that this offseason would be big for him, the preseason would be big for him, and then he would hit the ground running to start next year as one of your main weapons. And now you're not going to have him for six weeks. So that that is significant. There's no doubt about it. But I think, you know, he can define himself and, and how he reacts to this 
because he can still take part in the offseason program. He can still take part in training camp. He can still play in the preseason games. So, look, he made a mistake. Uh, he's paying for that mistake. But how you handle it and how you react to it will go a long way towards defining, you know, your time with the Detroit Lions. I truly believe that. So, you know, now it's on Jameson to make the most of the opportunities he has before he has to leave the team at final cuts next, the next summer. And I said last Friday that was the biggest thing. I thought how he handles this because the reality is no matter what the Twitterverse says or talk shows or anybody on TV like yourself, Dan, it's not a negative. Uh, he has to deal with the fact that he's lost close to $7 million in guaranteed money because he didn't follow the rules. Well, whatever the dollars are, um, it's this is an impact on him, and it is an impact on the organization, and everybody's got to find some way to deal with it. Um, there's a personal side of this. There's a football side of this. There's a financial side of this. There's, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but, you know, to, to put it simply, it is what it is. So you've, you've got to now say, okay, uh, this is my reality. How do I make this the best reality that I can and, and, and you know, deal with a mistake that I've made? Dan Miller, uh, radio voice of the Lions, TV guy in Detroit, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, losing Jamison for that six games, does that change if you're Holmes and Campbell and that Lions war room when you're sitting on that second pick at 18, whether you trade down, trade up, uh, do you look stronger at a wide receiver now? I think it's on your board. I mean, I don't know that it puts them in a desperate situation. I think they still have time to address that. I do think you have to address it uh, because it's six games and your depth chart is now significantly thinner than it was. So I think that what you can't do is force it. Look, if you don't believe that uh, Quinton Johnston is is a number one receiver and you share some people's concerns about his drops in college, you don't just vault him to the top of your board because you lost a wide receiver. I think that's one thing that, that Holmes has not done. He's not panicked. He's not forced himself to take somebody because of a need. He's, he's stuck to drafting the most talented players there that made the most sense. So, look, I think it's I, – I, I thought even before this at some point in this draft that they were going to draft a receiver. So it just – it depends on how the board matches up. Um, you know, some of the guys are smaller guys. I don't think a slot guy is necessarily what they're looking for. You know, you got one of the best slot guys in the league in Amon Ross. So I think that it just depends on, on how things match up. But to your point, I do think it is something that will have to be addressed by trade or by free agents, obviously very, very thin at this point. There's not much left out there or by somebody in this draft. But I don't know necessarily that it vaults to the first round where you have to grab somebody in there in what, you know, a lot of people consider to be not the best wide receiver draft that we've seen in quite some time. And look, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, you, you can make a case. We were just kind of chatting in, in the sports office here, just saying, okay, who, who's the best player on this football team? And you can make a case for a number of guys, but you can make a case for number 14 and drafted him in the fourth round. So, you know, Brad Holmes just has to find the right guy in the right place um, at the right, you know, for, for him when it makes sense at wide receiver and trust his gut from there. Dan Miller, Radio Voice of the Lions, joining us here on the Huge Show. So looking at Thursday night uh, at 6, and I, again, the best available moniker, which is heard uh, a gazillion times leading up to the draft and also during the draft, I, 
Are they in that best available when they're at six if a guy falls to them, no matter what position they're taking him, or do you think there's a different strategy? I think they're still looking at probably the, the best available that makes sense, and I think what makes sense is is in all likelihood, look, if if it seems like a defensive player, that it's going to be a defensive lineman or a cornerback, uh, it feels like to me. Um, I don't see him going quarterback maybe i'm wrong maybe they love one of these guys and if he falls to him they say you know what we can't pass him up because we think at some point he could be a starter in this league and at that point you draft him um we've gone through the skaronsky thing maybe that makes sense if they feel like they're going to lose jonah after this season and they want to keep that offensive line that this team is built around going at the top of the list for me i would say it still feels like it's going to be one of those defensive linemen or it's going to be a cornerback and it just depends on how this thing breaks. I mean, all of a sudden we're seeing Tyree Wilson go above, you know, Will Anderson. Is that a fact? Is this going to be the second year in a row that somebody in front of the Lions drafts a defensive lineman based on potential more than output, which is what Wilson would be over Anderson? But it would be understandable if that's the way they see it. And then is Carter going to go five to Seattle, as so many people think? Could that put you know Will Anderson on the board when the Lions are picking there? It's just there's so many variables as to how this thing's going to go. Is Houston going to take a quarterback? Um, does Indy trade up to get the quarterback that they want to get with Arizona and pop up a spot? Or does Arizona trade with somebody who jumps in there at number three to get one? And maybe that takes Indy out of the quarterback situation. There's so many different scenarios that could play out right now. But to me, I still feel like at some point this thing probably comes down to a defensive player for them. But honestly, I'm not going to be shocked at anything that happens because if we've learned anything, it's that most of what we know isn't correct. And most of these mock drafts, if they get eight guys right, will have done a great job. So be prepared for anything. That's what they're doing in Allen Park, and I think that's what we'll see play out on Thursday night. For you, being around the team in Allen Park, calling the games, home and away, doing TV, you're connected to the Lions organization, probably stronger than anybody in the media. If this guy is their guy at six, he's still there and they take him. Who is that name where Dan Miller goes, that's exactly who they needed. That was at the top of my board. Well, the unfortunate thing is I think the answer would be Carter, but I just don't think that – I think there's so many red flags that I think it gives you pause to even think that they would draft him because he is at the position where they have the most significant needs. So I don't think necessarily your needs match up with the reality of it. Now, I don't know. Maybe the visit went great. Maybe they love the kid. Maybe there's just a smoke screen and, and they feel like he's going to come in here and do all the right things. I can't answer that question, but in terms of – What's the perfect pick for the Lions? Character, concerns, intensity concerns aside, it's, it's Jalen Carr, just because that's where they have uh, the biggest need in the middle of that defensive line. But look, if, if a Will Anderson falls to them or a Tyree Wilson falls to them, I don't think they have a problem drafting another defensive end, edge rusher type of guy and just putting them in there keep rolling guys in there, fresh legs, getting after the quarterback, making people uncomfortable. We've seen what it like. it's like when this defense isn't able to do that, and we've seen what it's like when this defense is able to do that, and it is night and day. And if you can add somebody else to that, I think that's, that's significant. You know, as I've said to you before, I am not in the don't draft a cornerback 
camp. I think if you truly believe that Witherspoon or Gonzalez is your guy at number six and might be your starter in 2024 if he's not a starter in 2023 based on injuries, then that's something that you have to look at as well because I think long-term, and by long-term I mean next year, You've got question marks in terms of, of you got a one-year deal on Mosley and a one-year deal on, on Gardner-Johnson. And I think if you believe that, that that top flight of cornerbacks, and they won't be there when you come back at 18, when you, if you believe those top flight cornerbacks are the starters, the number ones in this league, and won't be there when you come back at 18, I think it's something you have to strongly consider. And I think it was you last week, about a week ago, I think you were on, or maybe a week and a half ago, where... You said don't be surprised that they try and fortify that offensive line with that second first-round pick just because of contracts and where they're going, and you're going to have to pay some guys. You're not going to be able to keep everybody three, four, five years down the road. So that's another position that I don't think it's as sexy as Carter or cornerbacks, but that could be there at number 18 for Holmes and Campbell. I think that's a definite. I think that, you know, look, we, we went through a phase of mock drafts where that was a, a consideration at number six. And I'm not going to grab my chest and fall over if that happens at number six. If they say Skaronsky's our guy and we're going to plug him in and we believe he can play tackle if need be, but we're also going to plug him in a guard and he can be that guy. Look, this team is built around this offensive line. You've paid Decker. You've paid Ragnow. You're going to pay Panay. With all due respect to Jonah, I don't know if they're going to be able to pay Jonah as well what he's going to make as a guard. And if you have a chance to get somebody on a cheap rookie contract, cheap by contrast, um, that probably is a consideration for them. I mean, again, what's the, what is the calling card of this team? It's that offensive line. So you, you keep building that thing. And I do think somewhere in this draft, probably in the first two rounds, there will be consideration given to, to an interior offensive lineman that is going to perhaps replace Jonah at some point um, and possibly start at the other guard spot at some point this year if they feel like he's better than the veterans that they've brought in. And look, that's not me pushing Jonah out of town. That's me trying to figure out what is the reality here. How many of these guys can you possibly pay uh, the kind of money that, that you're looking at? As I said, you've already paid two of them. They're not letting Panay go anywhere. So if there is possibly an odd guy out, it's not a reflection on talent. It's a reflection on premium position. It might be Jonah. So they may be looking at saying, we get a chance to get that next guy there. That might be something they look at. And I do believe they'll look at that in the first couple rounds of this draft. Just a question of where. Yeah, from the Lions wire and Jeff Risden and their latest mock draft, they had the Lions at six taking Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, and at 18 – uh, selecting an offensive lineman, a guard specifically, and Osiris Torrance out of Florida, uh, who's a monster offensive lineman. So a lot of different directions to go. Can't wait for the draft. Dan, always appreciate your time. Stay in touch. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. It'll be fun. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Maybe you have a job as a dentist or a teacher or a student. But if you're driving in your car listening to this ad, your job right now is to drive. That's it. And that job does not involve touchscreens or texts or scrolling through social media. It involves your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. Distracted driving is dangerous and deadly. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police has one simple request. Do your job.
Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. The one-two. Right side, there it is! Hey sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids, and now they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Now, Dorn Mayhew is an east side firm. Now you get the west side of Michigan with Bean Carter, and whether you're a small business or big business, they can handle all of your accounting and business needs at Bean Carter. Just go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I mentioned with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew, they cover all of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast to coast. Find out how the pros at Bean Garter can help your business today. Go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R. .com. And I know Tom Rosenbach and his team are so happy about their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Breaking Benjamin. Live in concert in Grand Rapids. With special guests, Bush. And Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Visit BreakingBenjamin.com. Get tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another True and Blue segment on The Huge Show across Michigan each and every week. We get together with people connected to law enforcement through the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And also we'll tell you about how you can get into law enforcement. Over 4,000 law enforcement openings statewide. I'll give you those details at the end of today's interview. And we welcome in a man who is committed uh, to public service most of his adult life. D.J. Hilson is a Muskegon County prosecutor. He maintains relationships with law enforcement at the local, state, and national level, and he understands their jobs, they understand his job, and they work in unison in terms of protecting and serving uh, the people of Muskegon County. Welcome in, D.J. Well, thanks for having me, Huge. Uh, I do uh, get a chance to listen to you typically on my way home from work, so it's a pleasure to be on your show. All right. Uh, for a prosecutor, you're an elected prosecutor the last 11 years there in Muskegon County on Michigan's uh, West Coast. What is it about your relationship with law enforcement at all levels? Well, I, I think it's really important for us as prosecutors to have a strong relationship with partners. Uh, one, it helps uh, build that trust between the two agencies when it comes to 
uh, investigating, you know, crime and then working together, not only at the investigative stage, but also when it comes time to preparing for trial, having a strong relationship with the officer in charge and, and that particular agency really makes trial preparation uh, a big, big uh, component of our success for successful prosecutions. I mean, ultimately, uh, without that partnership, uh, it's really difficult uh, to ask officers to do extra when it comes to important trial prep. And so uh, throughout my entire career, I've had the opportunity to really work hand-in-hand and side-by-side with some great men and women uh, in law enforcement uh, who have made part of my success for sure. I think a lot of people just see police officers as, you know, patrol cars responding, uh, you know, coming into a situation when needed, uh, but their ability to work with prosecutors like yourself all across Michigan to work uh, with all branches of the court system and the extra job they do in helping make sure uh, that cities and counties in our state is protected is something I think that's overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, ultimately, they're the ones that go out, they gather the facts, they collect the evidence. And on top of that, then they've got to come into court and explain who they talk to, why they talk to them, why they gathered that piece of evidence, why it's significant, or, you know, why they didn't do something or or, and all that. So it's, it is, it is a, it's a job that is, in my opinion, so satisfying, fulfilling, because you're serving and protecting on the outside, but you're also then, uh, serving and protecting on inside the courtroom, uh, which is just as valuable and important. D.J. Hilson is a Muskegon County prosecutor. He's been in the prosecutor's office in Muskegon County since 1999, public service, uh, a huge part of his adult life, and he has connections. He graduated from Marquette University, had a double major, psychology and economics, and then went on to graduate from Thomas Cooley uh, Law School with honors. He grew up. In a small town in Wisconsin, lifelong Packers fan, DJ almost couldn't do today's interview because he was so emotional that Aaron Rodgers finally <laughs> left Green Bay and did the Favre Express to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I you know, um, it's it's been a long time coming, and and as a lifelong Packer fan and having you know thirty four plus years of great quarterback play, it's going to be tough next year. But you know, I, I just able to I'll sympathize with my fellow friends and, and uh, brethren who are Lions fans. Uh, and I'll, I'll, know, I'll now know what you've experienced for lifetimes. Yeah, so now with those uh, longtime Lions fans uh, you work with and you know on Michigan's west coast in the Muskegon County area, the Lions are set up. They have a window open, and who knows? Lions could win the NFC North this year. But I always tell my Packers friends, and I have a ton, I say, you guys have been blessed. You think about it. You've hardly had any quarterbacks in your life, if you're an adult, no matter what age you are, whether it's Rogers to Favre, uh, you go to Bart Starr, old school, right? You've been blessed, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's always a uh, it's always fun to go to Lambeau Field, knowing that uh, you're more than likely going to win the game. Except at the end of last season, when the Packers had a playoff spot on the line, <laughs> DJ. Yeah, you know, I, I set you up for that, dude. Well, that was that. You teed that right up, DJ. I love it. And <laughs> thank you so much. People of Wisconsin, oh, Packer fans are cool. They're not obnoxious. I swear to God. I lived and worked in Chicago. I've known a lot of people from Green Bay, the Packer backers, and uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had great times there with Tim Bardos and the crew. Packer fans. 
uh, respect the opposition, and I know you're one of them. And keep up the great work uh, serving the people of Muskegon County. I uh, appreciate your time here in this True and Blue segment. DJ, okay? Hey, thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it, and thanks for your support of uh, the men and women in law enforcement. Yeah. I know they really appreciate it. Yeah, the, back at you, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, sir. Had to give him the little jab there at the end. Chances are if I go through Muskegon County, I better stick to the speed limit. That's all I'll say when I'm traveling during the summer on Michigan's beautiful West Coast. True and Blue segment is wrapping up, like I mentioned in the opening, over 4,000 law enforcement openings right now in the state of Michigan. Contact your local police department, your local county sheriffs. Go to the Michigan State website if you have interest in becoming a state trooper. If you have that calling inside your soul and you want to protect and serve the people of Michigan, over 4,000 law enforcement openings in this state. Police departments need you. Again, just stop by your local police department, county sheriffs, or uh, all the websites, michigan.gov and more, and put the application in. They have a lot of programs going on right now where they'll even cover uh, all the training. Thank you to the men and women who serve and protect all across Michigan. This is another edition of True and Blue presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.